Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! The snow glows white in Lambeau tonight, not a footprint to be seen. We need some new coordination for our boys in gold and green. Rumors were swirling when it started to be a trend. Then we lost to Tommy DeVito and his little agent friend. Baker Mayfield, don't let them see your passer rating, 158.3. Don't let them run, don't let them throw. Our defense blows. Fire Joe, Fire Joe, can't do this crap anymore. Fire Joe, Fire Joe, send him out and slam the door. I don't care what LeFleur will say. Why drag this up? It's gonna happen in three weeks. So welcome to episode 155 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's the whole family for episode 155. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RNM Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Before Peter goes on with number 55, I just have to say that Lucas and all the friends who thought that that was my song and not the Crispy Brothers at the beginning of our episode, I do appreciate you thinking I have any musical talent whatsoever. So if this is your first time listening to the show, Fire Joe is from the Crispy Brothers. It's not from Dale, Todd, and Peter. I think it's great anyone even thinks that that's a possibility. Peter, go ahead. Yeah, so we're not going to do number 55. We're going to break a bit of tradition. Um, we heard the news today that former Packer, Senna, played in the Lombardi era and into the 1970s, Ken Bowman, passed away. So I thought we would just talk a little bit about Ken Bowman. He's an outstanding Senna for the Packers in the 60s and 70s. and kind of bridged that position between... Jim Ringo, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and another Packers Hall of Famer, Larry McCarron. Bowman himself was inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame in in 1981. He's also attended the University of Wisconsin, grew up in Illinois, but was a Badger. Packers eighth round draft choice in 1964 and became the starting centre midway through that 1964 season. As we talked about, Jim Ringo had been traded to Philadelphia. Bowman assumed that starting role and he'd go on to be a member of those three in a row championship teams from 65 to 67 and the Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two winning teams. And during that Super Bowl one season, he separated a shoulder and didn't start in Super Bowl one, but came into the game when the starting center, Bill Curry, got injured. Was a tough guy still playing with that with that shoulder injury. But, you know, he was the starter through that whole period. And perhaps the most famous play that he was involved in was that the 67 championship game, the Ice Bowl. We all remember that Bart Starr sneak for a touchdown that won that Ice Bowl game with 13 seconds left on the clock. Well, it was the joint block between Jerry Kramer and Ken Bowman on the Cowboys' Jethro Pugh that kind of created that crease for Bart Starr to um, to sneak that one yard. That's perhaps 
the most famous single block in NFL history. And there's that famous photo taken from the back of the end zone with Starr there on top of Bowman and Jerry Kramer, Chuck Messines, hands up in the air. Ken Bowman, part of the probably the greatest single block in, in, in NFL history. He'd go on to play for the Packers through the 1973 season. You know, as part of that dominant Packers offensive line in 1972 that won the Central Division Championship, you know, that line that paved the way for John Brockington and, and MacArthur Lane. Just one of the outstanding Packers, played 123 games for Green Bay and just a super, super player, you know, in an era of some really great Packer players, was another one of those outstanding Packers. Very sad when we hear the news like we heard today of, of, of him passing on. It makes us recall all of those great games, those great memories, the great camaraderie that those teams that those teams had. And Ken Bowman was very much a part of that. So we went from Ringo to yep. Bowman to Larry McCarron? Yep. So yep. Packer Hall of Fame, well, Hall of Famer to Packer Hall Packer of Famer to Packer, Packer Hall of Famer. Famer. That's pretty awesome. Three centers in a row, really high quality dudes. Let's move on to the slices. My guy, Jaden Reed, got hurt in this game. Now, I don't know which one he put this in the notes because I can no longer assume it's you, Peter. It could have been Todd. That he could have come back. Reed could have come back in that game if it would have been close. That's good news because that makes me a bit nervous coming into this last game. If Jaden Reed isn't playing, you are really slim pickings at wide receiver, not knowing what Watson is exactly going to do and so on. There's a lot of, and Wicks, like, I don't know, I guess we'll get to them in a minute. Other than McDuffie being in the concussion protocol, have either one of you heard anything about McDuffie? He looked pretty, like, visibly upset when he was on the cart, looked like. Almost like to the point where he was trying to say, like, what the fuck? What? Yeah. You know, it, that's what it looked like. I don't know if that was true or he was just, he looked angry about something. Like, he was pissed. That might be a good sign, though. If you get your bell rung, like, you're, you're probably not talking back like that and saying, hey, I'm good, I'm good. Even though they know they're not. Hopefully he's fine. And this is not an established guy, though. Like, guys on the fringe, I need to be out there on the field yeah, to prove that I can play. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what his attitude was. That's what it looked like. Like, this is my shot. Devondre yeah. Campbell is on in the game. This is my turn. I need this season. Did Samari Toure play his last down as a Packer going on injured reserve? Um, I was actually thinking about him today. Did he get hurt on, on that muff? I think so. He got ran, ran into pretty hard. That must have been the injury. Do I think there's room for him right now with the, the amount of talent that's there? I think he's odd man out. I do, too. I think that's smart. I, I honestly out. think he like he's. I, I think he's a pro. I, I think he can survive in this league as, as a receiver for sure. But all these first year guys just all like blew past him this year. Yep. Completely blew past him. He has to like for his own career. He should get out of Green Bay or look to somewhere where he's needed or or can at least like crack the fifty three. Because yeah. I think he still has a chance in the league. I agree with everything that's been said there. I mean, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that I think he's going to battle for the sixth wide receiver spot, maybe the seventh wide receiver spot on an NFL roster somewhere. It may well be back with the Packers. And particularly in this day and age when you can elevate guys from a practice squad three times a season, I think that gives those types of players more opportunity. I think you'll be around in training camp with the Packers next year and, and go from there. I guess as a seventh round pick, which is what he was last year, he's had a couple of decent years for a seventh round guy. The group is very solid and, and improving all the time. You know, we've seen in recent weeks, we've seen Malik Heath, if you like, jump above him and Bo Melton obviously jump above him. So I think it's 
going to be a tough job. But I think there's a job for him somewhere in the NFL if it's not with the Packers. Josh Myers got hurt in his game and Elton Jenkins. Like, holy smokes. I know that it's not like college and you're up 45 and you can start playing walk-ons and whatnot. But at some point during the game, and I know it could happen at any time, you can get hurt at any point during a game. But at some point during a football game, don't you look at it and go, we don't need these guys in there anymore. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But why do you have starters in there, you know, on the second to last series when you're up 20 or whatever? I, I don't get that. I guess the question with that is, while Jordan Love's still in there, I'm going to have those guys in there. And I think that just once you decide to take Jordan Love out, then I think you can start substituting those offensive linemen. The worst thing you can have happen is have one of those backup guys in there and Jordan Love gets hurt because you haven't yet taken him out of the game. So I think the taking the Love out, taking Love out of the game, then determines when you take those offensive linemen out. Hopefully both Jenkins and Myers are fine and it won't be an issue. It's just a got dinged kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, some roster updates. Bo Melton is Donald Driver Jr., right? God, I know he wears the same number. Todd, any thoughts on Bo Melton? Yeah, we can talk about him later. But, like, I remember we, when we were texting during the game, like, how fast he was. I guess I hadn't noticed that until, like, I really – after he brought that to my attention, I was like, damn, he is – he actually does, like, similar body build to Donald Driver. He's a little thicker, but not yeah. much. Yeah. He really does look like Driver out there. Yeah. I, he should get the same helmet. Peter might have made this up. The Packers also signed Tyler Coyle to the practice squad, C-O-I-L. No, you didn't make that up? No, I didn't make it up. Another okay. safety, which says a lot. Tyler they also was... moved uh, Anthony Johnson to practice squad. I saw that late today. When, I don't know what's going on there. I don't so, either. Maybe he much. was a fringe player. Maybe eh, that's he was team. like solid backup, and I think he got some other starts this year. The Packers are in the playoff mix. We're not going to talk about the scenarios that they lose to the Bears. We're not going to even discuss that. The only possibility in my mind is that the Packers beat the Bears in week 18 and they go to the playoffs. The rest of it is moot. I will be there. Thank you, Kate. My daughter bought me Packer tickets for nice. Christmas. Yes. I love her for many reasons and she gets me. Packers recent record in games that you've been at. Is it uh, good? Mm, or should we not go there it's about 50 50 it might be 60 40 but recent games have not been as good i mean back back in the day it seemed like i was going to every game they won every game that i went to not been quite as good let's not bring it up the only loss i, I attended was in the uk <laughs> was it really yeah it's the could... only one i've ever attended that was a loss blame that on the english guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> your fault Okay, so last thing before we get to the Packers-Vikings game, who is the MVP, the league MVP? I know it says oh, league. Dale, Peter, Todd, but we're going to start with Peter. Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. You're talking league MVP or team? League MVP, right? Oh. That's what we're talking about. I didn't put this in the notes. That's Peter. Peter, you, I didn't which put MVP it. you want? <laughs> it had to be one of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless someone jumped on my computer at school. Okay, here, let's start that whole fucking thing it, over again. It was already there when I went to the notes. Todd, someone then you put the... You did then, Todd. No, no. I did not put who is MVP. I just put the names under it. All right, starting over. So league Mystery MVP... Mystery is not solved, but let's continue. <laughs> I swear I did not put that in there. I swear maybe someone was on my computer and put it in there for us. I have no idea. And they want to know. And they somebody wanted, more, somebody and they more want to listen to the show. Us. I don't know. 
So inquiring minds want to know, listeners want to know, who do we think the MVP of the NFL is at this point in the season? My name is first on this list, so I'm going to go first. I think that it is a long shot for anyone other than a quarterback to win the MVP honor anymore. I think that they're kind of making it a quarterback award, and then they give the offensive player of the year to somebody that's not a quarterback. That said, I think Christian McCaffrey is the league MVP. I think he is the best player in the NFL. I know that there are other guys that have had great years. So Christian McCaffrey is my vote for MVP. Peter, you're next. I think Lamar Jackson will win it, being the quarterback of the team with the best record in football and having had a good year. But I don't think any of the quarterback numbers are great numbers this year. The guy that should win it, I think it's between two that should win it. I think it's between Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. The chances of a wide receiver winning it are very, very slim. As we know, no wide receiver has won it since Don Hudson won it. So I think Christian McCaffrey has a good chance. I think McCaffrey probably should win it with Hill close, but I think Lamar Jackson will win it. Todd, who's your MVP? Lamar Jackson. I hate to say that because McCaffrey was on my fantasy team and he totally took a shit all over himself in this game. In the championship, they had they had two goal line chances and gave him the ball like a couple different times. They couldn't squeeze it in. I was going ape shit because the guy I was playing for the championship had Lamar Jackson who threw for five touchdowns. Yes, he killed it. The fuck off. Oof. Do I think Lamar Jackson will get it by people who actually do the voting? Yes. Will he get my vote? Yes. And that's based on how the season's going to finish, and especially from this past weekend, I think he sealed it. Good time to play well last two weeks of the season he was on fire i think he had almost 60 points for my fantasy team he reminds me of like when vic played i would watch atlanta falcon games i watched michael vic that's the only reason and they weren't they struggled a bunch of years and they weren't good but like i almost feel it's like the same thing with lamar jackson like i'll watch ravens game to just watch that guy and they're the best team in the league right they had the best record in the league right now so yeah they were they're on fire in that game. It's they have that balance of we can be physical and punch you in the face. Not balance. Like, they can punch you in the face. They beat the piss out of San Francisco. They just, and Miami. And Miami. But Miami's a kind of a soft team. Whereas uh, San Francisco well, is I a punch-you-in-the-face team. Yeah, two back-to-back weeks like that. All right. Speaking of mangling them, let's move on to Packers-Vikings. That was a fun game to watch. Happy New Year to Packer yeah. fans. Yeah. Top PFF grades, my guy, Jaden Reed, 92.7. Jordan Love was spectacular again, 90.8. Bo Melton, Donald Driver Jr., 89.5. Aaron Jones, 83.6. And A.J. Dillon was 78.6. On the other side of things, Josh Myers had a 37.4. Remember I asked, what was the lowest score you could get? Josh Myers had a 9.8 passing grade in PFF. Nine that's the absolute lowest? I don't know if that's the lowest you can get, but it's the lowest grade I've ever zero. seen. It might be zero. Or maybe 9.8 is you actually your uh, your cleats are on the field and you have a heartbeat, which might have might equate to how he played. It's like the ACT score equivalent of like four when you sign your name to the ACT or whatever. 9.8. I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't recall. I would have to seriously zero in on him, but I didn't think love was pestered that much. That kind of jumps off the I don't know. Uh, 9.8 does jump off the page as a number right and elton jenkins had a poor game too 54.4 so i ask you peter before we get into the good the bad and the ugly trademark how is it that 
two running backs can have almost elite scores and three of your five linemen are the lowest three PFF grades. It's because the, the scoring's done independently of each other, isn't it? It's not completely outcome-based, the PFF grading. So if a guy has a you know misses his block in front of you and you're thrown for a five-yard loss, you're not going to mark the running back down because of that. So it's, you know, does the running back see the hole he's meant to go through? Does he do this? Does he do that? Independent of the blocking that's in front of him and vice versa. If you go from those line grades... And then you say Aaron Jones still had 120 yards rushing and the Packers had 177 yards rushing. I think that shows the exceptional game that the likes of Jones did have. So on that, Peter, would you like to talk about Aaron Jones as the good in the good, bad, and the ugly? Or go whatever you'd like on the good. <laughs> the biggest thing for me was the Packers' balance. offense: 470 yards of offense, 293 passing, 177 rushing. It's the complete balance for me was the, was the big thing. And, and they just looked... Almost for the first time this season, they looked consistently like they could move the ball on the ground and through the air any time they wanted to. Now, I know it's not quite as straightforward as that, and you get sometimes you get behind the down and distance and stuff, but it just generally felt that way. And it felt to me like if they've had to move the ball, you know, if they've had to have gone down and scored, they would have scored more points. I mean, overall, I mean, just not on the offense, but I thought this was probably as close to the word perfect that you could get. I mean, aside from the Samari Turway, the missed extra point, right? It, we'll get to that. If you, if you don't have those two mistakes, I'm calling this a perfect game. I mean, it literally was. And on the offensive side of the football, you know, aside from like looking at some of the PFF grades of individual players, but like Peter said, it's kind of like the overall picture. It was amazing to watch. It got me thinking like, wow, this is, this is how this offense can play. Or this is how this team can actually play. And and now we're peaking at the right time to enter the playoffs, possibly. I mean, the stars are starting to align. And I think Bo Melton was just amazing. First Packer uh, this season with over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. I think they found something in him, too. Definitely a guy they're going to be considering for next year and maybe years beyond. You can't teach speed. The man runs a 4-3-4-40. On that play that he scored the touchdown... That defensive back had no chance. No. It's like that Rich Eisen thing, right? Like he could have started running ahead of time. No, like Melton could have been like, I'm running that way and pointed in that direction. And Melton still would have beat him to the spot. He did have a drop in this game. He did. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect. But that that was that was a tough catch, but catchable ball. He made up for it in play after play after play and didn't get rattled. I didn't think it was a very good throw by Love. If we're talking about the one that Melton dropped, yeah. he didn't have to lead him that far. There was nobody Probably out there not. playing defense. It, it, was, it was like a practice yeah. throw. It, I mean, he could have thrown that ball to him, and it yeah. would have been it would have been a touchdown. Probably They're always going to blame have... it on the receiver. They're always going to say, oh, that was catchable. It was catchable. He still should have caught the ball, but that throw could have been on him. He could have turned and ran oh, it in he was for gone. Yeah, he was gone. But just on that play, I mean, I mean that for me was one of those situations where you kicked a field goal. But I'm a field goal guy, right? I'm a kind of take the conservative guy. But but what I will say is the play call. Once they decided to go for it, I thought the play call was fantastic. Execution very nearly there, very nearly there. It's a play that earlier in the season we probably wouldn't have seen. Yeah, the the call there is kick the field goal, but when you have Carlson as your kicker, <laughs> you, you tend you to like twice. Yeah, you're. <laughs> More than twice. Fuck! I can't trust this motherfucker from nope. thirty-seven yards. Let's... I wanted to give him the. I wanted. See, I wanted to give him the practice. Huh. 
Yeah. Uh, in we'll a game that him. didn't matter as much, yeah, that's when you get into practice, right? He's also affecting some of those decisions. I would say so he is. shitty. Yes. 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 And finally, my guy Jaden Reed passed Sterling Sharp for catches by a rookie with 58. Did you see on or the replay? He's putting his hand up before he's by the guy on that oh, yeah. first touchdown. Got his hand up in the air like, let's go. And that was an absolute rocket from Jordan oh, yeah. Love. Oh, yeah. I, with both feet in the air. That's one of the reasons why Jordan Love is going to be good in this league, right? Being able to throw a 40-yard rope, both feet off the ground. And for them to bring up the far thing to Andre Risen, did you got you? I know you did. It's just, I'm not even asking the question. But all three of us knew when they showed Favre on that play, it was the throw to Andre Risen. You don't have to show the rest of the play. I already know who it's going to. Yeah. What does he have on the year? Ten touchdowns now? Reed? Yeah. I think he has 11 combined touchdowns. Good Lord. So I don't. I know this fucker don't listen to our podcast, so fuck him. But I bookmarked something on Twitter. I never do this. There was somebody who was like, are you high about me and Jaden Reed and my love for Jaden Reed that he's the most well-rounded wide receiver? That shit's coming out. I can't wait to put that back on Twitter. Fuck you, whoever it is. Plural. Here it comes. I think it was, they went twice in this game to read really deep. I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I see the quite the fit there. Deep threat, right? Do, Depends on where it's coming I, from. Huh? I would run Jaden Reed out of the slot deep. I think that's an advantage there because you're going to have the I'm slot not saying guy. Don't ever run him deep, but it just kind of was like, uh, I think they went to it like that that well twice. But they go to Dobbs, but, and Dobbs isn't blown by anybody, yeah. but he seems to make the play. And I know you talked about this, and I don't mean to keep beating up the same horse, but. I think that the reason the Packers are doing th- stuff like this is they've got four or five guys that can run those patterns, yeah. that can run the deep pattern. I mean, Bull Melton is fast as hell. Jaden Reed is not as fast. Romeo Dobbs is probably the slowest wide receiver. No, him and Wicks. And him and Wicks have both run deep routes. And you have Watson, who is ridiculous fast if he ever comes back and plays a football game again. But you have guys that can do it. And I think that that's why they're able to do it is all these guys have the ability. Yeah. And if they like the matchup with Reed, why not send them deep? But yeah, I was just pointing out, like, I was like, oh, there's other guys who should probably, I would probably rather see down there for a jump ball. Than Reed. But, mm-hmm. but if the matchup is there and it's, it's the right time of the game. As those guys have progressed, it means that defensive backs can't sit on certain routes with certain receivers because they're all running all the routes. So you don't know that when X receiver comes in the game, he's always going to run this and this, but he never runs a go route. They all run all the routes, which I, which I think has helped open up this offense. Right on. Do we want to talk about the bad and the ugly? No Patrick Taylor fuck up this week for the ugly, so that's nice. Anything, Todd, you want to talk about bad and ugly? Not really. I don't, I don't know where to really honestly criticize. Never there was a definite it. attitude from the sideline, from LaFleur. Like, everybody was seemed very... Mission driven. We're coming in here and laying hat and getting the fuck out of here with a win. And that is it. And that's, they were not going to be denied. There is very little bad and ugly. Can I will just add to the positive here? It was really a positive thing for me to see Jordan Love answer the seven guys at the line and four drop off and have no issues with that. Flores has got seven guys on the line of scrimmage and it didn't shake him at all. There was a play. 
Love was getting run around in the pocket and he just very calmly looked out to the flat. And I don't know if it was Tucker Craft or whoever it was. He didn't panic. His feet weren't all fucked up. He just threw it out there on a line to Craft. And I thought, this is another reason that we are blessed as Packer fans because he didn't panic on that play. And it might have went for four yards. Four yards is four go, yards. It didn't go yep. for negative six on a sack. Yep. And I guess the other thing to throw in is that all of those people that were calling for Sean Clifford in the preseason finally got to see their man play. <laughs> yeah, he got his one play. And he threw a bomb on that one play. <laughs> he was like, fuck it. Exactly. This is the only time we're I'm going to play in my career. Fuck it. Garbage time? Fuck that. <laughs> we're going This deep. is my time. It's Clifford time. Yep. <laughs> yes. All I right. got Let, money on the on the over. Clifford <laughs> <laughs> nice. had money. Incredible over. That feels like the title of this episode. Anyway, uh, uh, defensively was not quite as perfect, although good. Top PFF grades: Preston Smith, ninety point three. Isaiah McDuffie only had fifteen snaps, eighty-seven point one. T.J. Slayton had limited snaps too, which I thought was interesting, eighty-three point five. Jonathan Owens had another good game. And Rashawn Gary had a 73.1, but I am not quite sure I thought he played that well. On the other side of things, J.J. Nickbare had a 47.7. He was the lowest packer this week. Carrington Valentine, 51.1. Right, some of these numbers don't quite add up with the game that was played. Eric Wilson, Eric Wilson is not good. 52.5, Darnell Savage, right where you expect him at 56.7. And Kenny Clark, who I thought played well, had a 58.5. So the PFF grades don't feel like they match up this week. Peter, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, I thought generally this was probably the best defensive performance of the season. Being unhappy in recent weeks in particular with the defense, but I thought this was probably the best defensive, all-round defensive performance of the season. And and I think going into this game, I mean, Justin Jefferson scared the hell out of us because we thought if if Carolina can throw for 300 yards and and, and Baker Mayfield can throw for nearly 400 yards against the Packers, it felt like Justin Jefferson was going to have a 200-yard game. The the Packers' defense was as good as we've seen this season with the proviso of Jaron Hall being at quarterback for Minnesota, which I thought was a strange decision. I thought they would go with Nick Mullins. Mullins throws interceptions, but he can also get the ball down the field. And he he kind of demonstrated that a little bit in the second half. Would have absolutely settled for this Packers defensive performance in any week of this season. That might be the best defensive performance I've seen in years. I'm serious. (laughs) I mean, think back to a better one. Certainly not this season, that's for sure. And I'm surprised to see Valentine... Um, that low. I don't know what Jefferson had, but one much. 59, I want to say. 59 I think he was yards? matched up on him like pretty much the whole game. I will say one negative thing since I'm usually, I usually find the. That We're still in, on the good, so you can things. say good things. It's fine. It doesn't let Joe Barry off the hook. I'll just say that. No, absolutely not. Was it a great performance? Yes. No, you're not off the hook. So I got a text from Jack. Jack's a longtime friend and listener of the show. Jack was, you know, saying things about Joe Barry. And I said, this is the easiest defensive game plan ever. You have a rookie quarterback and an interior line that isn't very good. You put a rush in his face every time. And that's what they did. They rushed up the middle. It wasn't just this, we're going to run around the edges, which is what we do 99% of the time. He actually put guys in Jaron Hall's face. And look what happens. It flusters quarterbacks. 
Walker and Nixon had sacks. There you go. And I've been Where's, saying, where has right. that been all fucking year? Exactly. I've been saying that. Why isn't Quay Walker like Parsons from Dallas? I've said I that. I think they even said, oh, that times. was Quay Walker's first sack of the season. I'm like, great, but uh, that's not great. Glad he got it, but he should have had sacks before this. Right. It shouldn't be his first in week fucking 16. Exactly. It's reason 965 that Joe Barry should be fired. I feel better now. There was good defense, and I'm not going to minimize it much, but again, it was against Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. It's not going to be the same when you play a NFL-ready quarterback. It's that simple. Sorry, I can't get too excited about the defense. The offense, different. Defense, mm, fine. We won the game. That's Joe Barry's mantra anyway. We had one more point than they did. My defense did fine. Look, we had 20 more points than they did this week. (laughs) Right. If my math is right. What about the bad, Peter? I found it difficult, really, to to find bad. There was the odd, the odd missed tackle, n- noted it in the notes there, but I really don't want to pick any bad. You're I want to positive? be positive about performance against Justin Jefferson. Man, that's pretty good. Ty, what was bad for you? Since I've been monitoring it for the past, what, three years? The Rashawn Gary <laughs> sack total or lack there of double digits? Four weeks in a row now. Technically five because... Five weeks ago, he recorded a half of a sack. So he has not recorded a full sack in five weeks. He's got one more game to to try to get double digits. And the bet this year was nothing. I should have. You were eating paper. Was you diving into some ice, diving into the Thames (laughs) or something? Those were the back. I didn't put anything on it this year. (laughs) You're gonna fly over to London and dive into the Thames. I should have, because it would be much more interesting going into this game. What does he need, a half or a full? I think it's full. Is it like I... the glass ceiling for Rashawn Gary? It's so strange. Oh, he has nine, according to ESPN. So he needs a, either two halves or a full. <laughs> but again, it's uh, not to dwell on him too much, but he, he sort of just sits at the expectation level for me. He hasn't recorded double-digit sacks in any season yet. The guy works his tail off out there. It just, it, for whatever reason, it doesn't happen at times. Also bad, Sausage was scared in two points in this game. And one of them was when Nick Mullins threw that absolute punt across the middle to to Jefferson. And Darnell Savage, if he would have opened his eyes on that play, would have easily picked that ball off. He Instead, he was going to try to throw a shoulder into Justin Jefferson Instead of just turning around and looking for the football that was in slow motion coming towards him. <sighs> that that play epitomizes his career in Green Bay. It does. It, it does, really, though. It really, it really does. Sums it all up. Zero ball skills. Like, he has no idea where the football is. Almost ever. And he had one tackle. One. The defensive backs have had tons of tackles, right? Keyshawn Nixon had 11 tackles. Darnell Savage had one. What? One. He gone. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the special teams. Todd, as special teams coordinator, we'll let you go first. Well, not a week goes by. Like I said, the perfect game was ruined by Rich Passaccia's special teams. The stuff with Carlson, an extra point. He he leads the NFL and missed extra points with five. He previously was leading with four, but now he's like widening the gap for some reason. (laughs) Someone needs to tell him, Anders, don't widen the gap anymore. You're not in the lead. 
You don't want to lead in that category. Lead in some other categories, like trying to fucking make it a little chip shot. If only we had a video of somebody kicking. To show him? That we could send him. Tutorial video? Anything would help at this point. Later in the game, the 37-yarder, oof. I mean, that, like, had left goalpost ping all over it. And he squeaked (laughs) that thing by. A brown mark up on the... On the the goalpost? Yeah, from his ass. (laughs) From his kick, you mean? Well, either. Both. (laughs) Okay, so someone sent this to me during the game. Thanks, Jill. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, and you don't, you'd have to look it up, and maybe you'll laugh with me later. There's something called Peyronie's disease. What the fuck is I, that? It has something to do with the curvature of an appendage. Ah. <laughs> and that's what Anders Carlson might have. I have never seen a kicker slice the ball as much as he does. Like most right-footed kickers hook, right? They hook kicks. His balls slice back uh, yeah, and, the, and the some other of them way. Are, but the one, the ones that he almost missed, I, I think they were all left. I don't think he pushed they, them right. They slice. They don't go straight. They do everything. <laughs> I mean, they slice. They. He's got the full. He's a mess. Yeah. He, he's a complete fucking mess. The other time I gave the dog PTSD was when Samari Toure did not fair catch oh, yeah. that punt up twenty fucking points or twenty seven points. There's a lot wrong there. A lot to... Fair catch the ball. Who cares? I'm sorry, dog. Because goddamn, that was awful. And I have to say this. Do Your Aunt sent us a message to or tweeted at us on Twitter. I'm I'm in the Rich Passaccia should be fired train. No, I'm on it. It took me a long time to get there. And I do think he adds value as the assistant head coach. But you've done nothing for our special teams. We continue to make mistakes. Week after week after week, and I think he should be fired because of it. I partly blame Toure's injury on Basachi anyway for put, for throwing him out. He hasn't been out on punt return once this year. But he's got to be the backup guy, right? Someone had. Yes. Why not Nixon? Do you want Nixon like to get said, hurt on that play? Uh, I mean, he's more experienced. You know, he I wouldn't mean, fair caught that fucker either. So <laughs> that's yeah, a guarantee. But what, I guess uh, it's uh, a lesser uh, of two evils, but in a must-win game. You want your most experienced guy out there, don't you? At twenty-seven, I, I don't. Yep, yeah, I, I do. I do. Okay. Or just, or just simply, if, <laughs> or, or how about this? If you want to protect both players, you're up by whatever the fuck it was. Tell whomever you throw out there. Don't feel don't touch the fucking ball. Or don't put anybody. Or don't back put there. anyone back but, there. But, yeah. Just let it roll. Maybe you didn't want a fair catch after what happened to Jaden Reed earlier in the game. When he did fair catch it and then got blasted yeah. with no penalty. Yeah, he probably yeah. had the jitters. I'm sure that didn't go well. Anything else before we move on? Nope. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 155 of the Average Fees podcast, the Ken Bowman episode. Go Petco. Go Petco. Petco. Petco.